Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Joe's Dog's podcast. I'm Matt's co-host, Joe's Dog. Not kidding. Um, show stuff. Don't, don't worry. It's the Blizzard Watch podcast. Um, which dog was it, Joe? Uh, I only have one now. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know the name of the one you currently have because I always remember Sylvanas. Yeah, unfortunately, Sylvanas has left us uh, almost three years now. Okay. Um, no, Tris. Tris is the uh, current one. Hi, Tris. I'm sure you're a good dog too. Joe just didn't talk about you as much, which he will have to fix now. Um, <laughs> this I, is the Dog Watch podcast now. I would come on. You tell me you wouldn't want to do that. I yeah. Listen, okay. Tris is the good child. I don't have as many bad stories like I did with Sylvanas. <laughs> Sylvanas um, was the problem child. See, my animals are all good in their own way, and they're also all bad in their own way, and, and that's what <laughs> makes them beautiful. And currently, my uh, gargoyle of a cat is sitting on my chair right now, watching my every move I make, waiting yeah. for the podcast to be done. Uh, but yeah, I should get on to talking about the fact that this is the Blizzard Watch podcast uh, with Joe and Liz. Joe is Joe Perez. Liz is Liz Harper. I'm still thinking about the dog. Uh, <laughs> I made a mistake of watching the Dodo before I, I signed on to the game. You know, the Dodo, the channel that does all the incredibly depressing dog stranded in the wilderness with like, you know, like huge wounds. And then he gets found and nursed back to health. Uh, so I watched about three of those and I'm like, just dogs help dogs. Dogs must be saved. Uh, but yeah, we're going to talk about other stuff than dogs. Uh, although I'm going to say I, I did, know. I did discover I've been playing Midnight Suns, which one day we're going to talk about because I, I really enjoy that game. But you can pet the demon dog, your do- your oh, demon yeah. dog named Charlie. Good, and give uh, it praise by calling it a good girl. Yay! Important feature. Important yes, feature. Every, every game should have, that mm-hmm. has dogs in it. I will say this: Diablo Four has dogs all over it, and I can't pet any of them. Why? I mean, you Why? can. It's you can. It's just really it's fussy. It's not letting me do it. So you absolutely it's can. Like you- you have to use the hello emote you, in front of the dog. Oh, but the dog, the dog has to be closer to you than any other NPC. Yes. All right. So it can be that. a little fussy. Uh, if you're listening, people who 
code for Diablo 4. I'm just saying, maybe put a pet the dog emote in. I support this. But anyway, yeah, we should talk about various stuff that's going on. Um, Actual news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, the fact that they put that dog thing in. That that I was going to say, app- technically it was news for Matt. We taught him a thing today. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it counts. I learned, it absolutely I learned counts. Thing. But uh, one thing we should mention is the the Twitch. Uh, no, sorry. I keep saying Twitch when I mean Amazon Prime. Uh, Amazon Prime Gaming has still got its WoW uh, Swift Shorts Rider mount. You can get it through the 27th. We had, we had originally thought it was the 22nd. It was ending. I don't know why I had it. I, I had it on my calendar wrong. But it's the twenty seventh of July, so you've still got about a week uh, since it's the eighteenth. Mm-hmm. You've still got till next week, uh, next Thursday, to get that mount if you want it. Uh, the thing to do is to link your Amazon Prime account to your World of Warcraft account, and there you go. It's not easy to do necessarily, but it is easy to it's, speak. I mean, it, it walks you through the steps. It's a few button clicks. Yeah, it's not super hard either, but. Um, also, uh, this one I think is no. This is Amazon Prime again. Uh, I keep wanting to yeah. say Twitch, and it's not. It's Amazon Prime. I, uh, I know the Diablo Four Brackish uh, Fetch Mount Armor Brackish Med Out Armor. It's not a mount. It's Mount Armor. It's available through Amazon Prime Gaming. The same thing uh, we just said, but it's available through August third. So if you have a Diablo Four character who doesn't have Mount Armor you like yet, and the idea of a Brackish Fetch uh, Mount Armor sounds appealing to you. Uh, okay. Um, I mean, sure. it has it has a nautical theme. I, yeah, by nautical, I mean drowned. So yeah. it looks like yeah. if you like mm, things that look like dead dead things that drown things and then that, put me on your mount, sure. Uh, things that look like you dredged them from the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Um, it's a whole vibe. I'm going to ignore these things because I wrote them and then we decided they weren't that important. So we're going to talk about the final <laughs> Overwatch Genesis episode. I will say that I liked the second episode a lot more than the first. Did you watch yeah. the second one, Liz? Because you and I were having that discussion. I believe neither of us was tremendously bullish about the first episode. I did, but it's been, you know, four or five days, so I've completely forgotten it. Yeah, I, which I, watched I it. think I think speaks to kind of what's what these episodes are, which is their... They feel to me like a very generic science fiction story that has very little color that makes it unique. It's just uh, you talk about a sentient AI and then something bad happens and you know what the bad thing that's about yeah. to happen. So you I, do, don't, you know. I do feel like the, the documentary style is not doing them any favor. No. because And honestly, I think it's because they're not going far enough with it. Like, I'm sorry, you're doing this documentary style thing? Sit Tracer down in a chair. I want to see Tracer trying to <laughs> talk to, you know, and then it was like this. And like, oh, man, please, I need you to quiet. I need you to come down to it like a, you're at a 50. I need you at a five. Just, just, yeah. just bring it down. And they're not doing that, which is, I think, a mig mistake but i will say this i think the second one is better than the first one because the second one started to feel like more than a commercial for for making robots mm-hmm. the first yeah. one seriously felt like a documentary show about making a robot and and like the, at the end of it it was going to be hi here it at, at, at you know uh omnic omnic te- technologies we do make robots and we make robots better um Whereas the second one actually started going into the war and so forth. And I started thinking, okay, now we're starting to at least understand why we actually have a show about this. Mm. Um, and I'm hoping the third one will be more so again. But I will also point out, these are like five minute episodes. Uh, I think the second one was a little longer than that. But yeah, yeah, I think it also suffers from putting these out in chunks. There's so little content in each chunk. I think they just 
they don't feel very satisfying, even though they've kind of broken them up at logical stopping points. They're still, they're so short. We've also been a little spoiled, right? Like, yeah, you look at something like arcane and then we're coming into something like this and people are just like, wait, what? Well, for that matter, forget arcane overwatch has done better, longer, more comprehensive videos for their stuff before this. That may be the biggest problem with Overwatch Genesis is that Overwatch has knocked it out of the park with cinematics before now. Overwatch cinematics have been some of the best cinematics, the most engaging cinematics, the best stories we have ever seen in video games. And then they do this, which is a a really generic story broken into five-minute chunks. And if you go back to any previous Overwatch cinematic, you're going to see more story in a shorter amount of time told more dramatically with more emotion. So they're kind of, they've kind of caused the problem. They've set the bar very high by doing such good work and then coming out with this, uh, this series of animated shorts, which I would best categorize as fine. It's fine. Serviceable. Yeah. Um, Certainly. I will say that they do a good job of being the Zanisha. If you know David Edding's books, I'm sorry, Uh, but they're like the Zanisha of this in that they are like voyages from the exposition planet. Uh, You know, (laughs) Hey, here's, here's a lot of stuff that you, from the overwatch backstory that there's never actually in explained before. It's just kind of there. And yes, it does need to be explained. I'm, I'm totally with you, but, why couldn't it be explained in a, like one of those shorts where Sombra is looking up secrets because mm-hmm. that's what she does. And you could, I don't know. I just, but I don't hate it. I, I don't hate it. I think some of the acting is really good. Uh, I like the animation style. I would, in fact, I wish they'd given them more time. Like imagine if they'd given them an hour to make mm-hmm. the story of the Omnic war, uh, then it would be, I would be dang interested in watching that. Uh, you know, they, they've done it with other franchises, too, like Tales of the Jedi. You guys watched that, right? I did not. I have not seen that one yet. Tales of the Jedi does a really interesting job of like making you feel like, oh, wow, uh, Count Dooku was, had a point. Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry, you're watching this, and Count Dooku comes off as this heroic figure that you're like... And I mean, I've always liked Count Dooku because he was played by Christopher Lee, but Christopher Lee wasn't playing him like a hero. Christopher Lee was playing him like, hi, I'm Christopher Lee. You're terrified of me. You should be. Um if you've ever seen the Lord of the Rings behind the scenes video, there's the part where um, Christopher Lee goes up to, uh, oh, bloody heck, I can't remember his name. And he directed them. Well, you all know who it is. You'll, you'll all say in the comments who Peter Jackson. Thank you, brain. Uh, <laughs> Peter Jackson is, is like doing a scene like review with, with Christopher Lee. And he's like, okay. And then the knife goes in and it makes this sound. And Christopher Lee's like, that sound is wrong. And he's like, well, how do you? Know yeah, I remember yeah. this. Yeah. I know that. I know that sound is wrong, Peter, because during World War II, I was a special. I was a special services operative, and I've assassinated very many Nazis. And when you stab a man in the back of the knife, he doesn't just do that. He makes a noise because he's trying to breathe, and he can't. Because if you're good, you've punctured his lungs. So it's like this. And so Christopher Lee explains to Peter Jackson what it sounds like to stab a man from behind. And, you know, literally he's like, oh, the Assassin's Creed games, this is what that would sound like. I should know. And Peter Jackson's like, yeah, it's that. Yeah. And and then you have to realize Christopher Lee was like six and a half feet tall. <laughs> he was a, not a small man at all. Tall, foreboding. Uh, Gravitas to his presence. Dracula, like, he played Dracula mm-hmm. by basically just being himself. Yeah. 
Like he just showed up on, I think he just had the cape, quite frankly. He just showed up in a cape and like, what role have I got? Well, I think you're Dracula now. <laughs> Peter Cushing was going to play Dracula, <laughs> but nah, he's going to be in Helsing now. What happens to me? You get fired, Joe. Oh No, Joe Estevez, man. <laughs> it, it's a werewolf reference. You've seen the, the Mystery Science Theater. Yes, 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 yes. But yeah, anyway, to, to get back to this, I think that yes, Overwatch definitely... I would have liked it if they've given them more to do with this. If they've given them more more time, more of a story. It just feels like it's a commercial. Yeah, it's a com- it basically is a commercial for the PvP missions coming out next month. Aren't they PvE missions? Uh, yes, but they're um, it's a series of missions. They're co-op PvE, but it will not have like the RPG advancement system that they okay. were originally going to roll out for. Oh PvE no, he's content. asking because I think you said PvP. Oh, PvE. Yeah, okay. there you go. Yeah, and and that's great. And we should probably mention quickly at least that those those missions are coming out on August tenth. Uh, that's the release date. Uh, Blizzard had an interview. Um, with Jeff Chamberlain talking about the story in Overwatch. And I mean, Jeff Chamberlain, I'll say this for you. Uh, first off, man, uh, I'm really sorry that you had to be the second Jeff. That's that's rough. That's like <laughs> that's like if, if WoW hired Andre Metzen. I, I feel really bad for Andre Metzen. You know? like, I'm not that Metzen. But also, um, I, I feel, I read the interview, and I feel very strongly that you do care about the story, and, and you guys all care about it, That's and I really do appreciate that. I really feel like you guys have got to start thinking about ways to tell it um, because I don't think that this is the way to go. I don't think that these missions are going to be the way to do it. Um, yeah. Quite frankly, I think Overwatch almost has to do some tie-in media at this point. Really, I think it's necessary. I think Genesis is a nice stick in your toe in the water, but it's time to jump in the water. That's, that's just my take. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to let Joe talk, and then Liz, if you have a wrap-up, you can totally say it. No, I mean, you're not wrong. I was just going to agree with you. Like, I, I, the problem that I have with a lot of the stuff that they seem to be doing is it seems like I'm trying to think how to phrase this for me, at least in my opinion, too little, too late. Um, yeah, I I still struggle with that. This is not the game that was promised and not the game that was really sold up until it was released. And I understand things change. There's been a lot of stuff, but like these like bolt on story missions, the way that it feels, it doesn't, I don't know. Like it just feels like a half, half kept promise. That's that's all I wanted to say. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that, you know, Overwatch has just begged for an animated series or a comic book series, which they did do some digital comic books. Overwatch has, we were supposed to get a comic book series too years ago. Story. Sorry. The story is so interesting. The art is so great. The characters are compelling. And they just, they haven't followed through on that at all. And it's it's sad. It's sad. Yeah. Uh, but I think we'll move on to talking about other stuff because, well, there's a fair amount of other stuff to talk about. Um, I, you should mention also the uh, BlizzCon tickets are going to be on sale um, on the 22nd of July. So that's Saturday, I think about 10 a.m. Pacific time. Yeah, yes. that's what that says. So if you are trying to get your uh, BlizzCon tickets, that's happening. So that's the day you should be looking at. And um, uh, this is your last chance for BlizzCon tickets. This is yes. the second ticket sale window, and that's it. Unless they decide to do another one, which they have not told us about. Mm. Um, but uh, one, 
Go ahead. One thing that they have not announced is charity dinner. And in the past, you've been able to buy tickets to the charity dinner, and which is a big, fancy, and expensive thing. But you also got a BlizzCon ticket. So that was kind of like your emergency backup if you could afford it BlizzCon ticket. But they have not announced that yet. And yeah. I mean, maybe that's just not part of BlizzCon this year. I don't know. Yeah, we don't know yet. Uh, there's still quite a lot we don't know. Uh, but I should, I do want to mention something because we had, didn't really talk about Hearthstone at all last week. And they're having their expansion is releasing on August 1st. Uh, Which is Titan really... Expansion. It's really not that far away. I don't know how we got here to this time where there's already a new Hearthstone expansion. Uh, uh, Diablo 4 released last month. What? Yeah. Was I, it really a month ago? Are you more, serious? Well, it, it actually released <laughs> Five, on either six June week, 1st. Six, week, six weeks ago. Yeah, June 1st oh or June 5th. Ending. So yeah, it's been about six weeks. Yeah. How did this happen? Uh, we keep not dying, so we just keep progressing uh, for time. Time and progressively marches forward, caring yeah, not for our, for so. our wins. I guess so. I, I think of time as like an acid that you drop your stuff in, and then you watch your stuff <laughs> sink down to the bottom. Sometimes your stuff can explode on the way down, but sometimes it goes all the way to the bottom. And it's, I mean, the acid's been tearing it apart the whole time, but the, you can still tell that that was your, you know, GI Joe figure. Now it's it's not, but but it was, and you can kind of still see it. Uh, I forgot where I'm going with this because I've been in the acid for a while. So a lot of me has already floated away, but regardless, yeah. Hearthstone Titans expansion. It's a really interesting concept for an expansion. In my opinion, just because it's like playing around with lore. They've, they've actually invented a whole new Titan. They've also brought in characters from Shadowlands and other places to be Titans. Mm -hmm. um, the Primus, who's not a Titan, but you know, in the same ballpark. Close enough. Yeah, he's, he's certainly on that level. It's they've Hearthstone has always played fast and loose with uh, Warcraft lore in fun ways. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, why not? And of course, they needed a Titan for every class. So it's like you have to invent enough Titans to fit so every class can have their own. I'm titan. actually amazed they didn't have to invent that many. Hmm. That's actually what's really kind of messed up is that they managed to get by with like only really inventing one new character and then kind of grabbing another character who was like, hey, wait, I'm, I'm doing my. No, oh, come on. You were announced in Shadowlands. You're close enough. So, yeah, there's 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 a lot to that. I mean, the system itself is interesting. The Titan cards are are I want to say very broadly applicable. Does that sound right to you that they seem to have a lot of potential uses? I mean, I, I'm not a I mean, I think. I mean, I think that's kind of the ideal goal with any expansion to expand choices for players with new cards. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, you want to have you want to have cards, particularly when they're the big kind of class defining legendaries. You want them to be viable for different playstyles in different decks so that they're useful. You don't want to roll out your big legendary card. You don't want to roll out. Oh, hey, here's this all powerful Titan. And it'd be like, that That sucks. I'm never going to play that. It's never going to get in my deck. So, yeah. I mean, they have to be that way. We don't want to be like Diablo 4 Legendaries. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little bitter about the unique Legendaries. Not not necessarily... I get a lot of unique Legendaries in point of fact. I have quite a few of them. Uh, but they don't they don't work together. <laughs> just, it it kind of depends. I mean... I don't have any Uber Uniques. I should make that clear. I don't have any Yeah, Uber me unique. neither. I have several just legend just just uniques and i like some of them i had one i really liked that was this breastplate that gave you like twenty thousand thorns oh that one's fun yeah it was fun because i built a thorn build and it was great for a mm -hmm. while but they're still hitting you 
But after yeah. a while, it's like, oh, I'm I'm getting shellacked here. I, I need to like I need stuff on my armor that keeps me from getting killed. So unfortunately, all that thorns is gonna have to go away. And once you get rid of the thorns, you start having to reprioritize what your legendaries are. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. can't, you can't be like relying on things hitting you to die. So yeah, that one that, that made me sad. But that that's the thing about Hearthstone is it doesn't want to have like, you know, here's your card that's basically just the, you know, you have a lot of thorns now. So that, I mean, Hearthstone has not always done a good job of this. I mean, sometimes it does great. Sometimes it does poorly. Sometimes there are always classes who are like, ah, I'm never going to play this. Um, man, it's been a while that, since they rolled out Colossal Minions, which were minions you would play and did... Ooh, I'm forgetting the name of the expansion. But, uh, you know, it kind of had a sea monster theme going on. And they were these massive minions that were like multiple minions when you played them on the board and some were just amazing you would put them in every deck for that class it didn't matter it would just it's a good card for it and some you would would just never see play because they weren't strong enough so hearthstone hasn't always done great in this but i think they try they really try to make these uh, kind of defining expansion cards strong enough to see play and to feel you know special if you get a titan card you should be like yeah i got a titan card excellent Oh, cool. Um, quite frankly, just made me remember that Azamat was actually a card in Hearthstone for a bit there. <laughs> so yeah, that thing was crazy. I watched a guy play where you had like an Azamat deck and it was just nuts. Um, but yeah, we should probably at this point talk about the fact that we are less than two days away from the new uh, season, season one for Diablo 4. And today, a patch dropped. So far, uh, what I know about the patches, sorcerers are very unhappy. <laughs> like oh my word sorcerers are so unhappy and also of all the classes only barbarians gonna nerf so bad that the devs were like yeah we know we're aware that this is a significant nerf but it was a bug um so yeah and the thing is is that about that one it is it is the only real significant nerf they got barbarians did not get a lot of nerfs i do not feel particularly like salty about the uh the barbarian class or anything, but th- this is the nerf fix an issue where the outer edge of the quakes generated to hammer of the ancients via the aspect of ancestral echoes was dealing far more damage than intended developers note. We recognize this adjustment is a significant decrease of the hammer of the ancients barbarian build, but we do not want its strength to be reliant on an underlying bug. And I, I just can't help but smile at this. Just the idea that barbarian players didn't even realize that this was a bug and they've been wandering around so happy with their Hammer of the Ancients. Meanwhile, I hate Hammer of the Ancients in in Diablo 4 and I won't use it. And I had no idea. But now I'm happy and they're not. uh, I feel bad for people who are using it. But yeah, Druids got not a ton. It's mostly just bug fixes, but some of them did actually weaken Druids slightly. Uh, Corey was talking about this. Hi, Corey. Um, Necromancers, I don't know anything. Uh... Are necromancers nerfed, Liz? Did you get a chance to look? I I feel pretty good about necromancers in the uh, first season. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of a mixed bag. There are some things that are good. There are some things that are maybe less good. But I feel all in all, necromancers are getting a good deal from this. We're not going to be super stronger, but we aren't going to be like, oh, nerfed to the ground. Joe, um, have you been playing your druid? I have. Um, I haven't played it since, you know, things started. Um. Well, I would say in two days, I think it starts, right? Patch days uh-huh. today. I haven't yep. played today since the patch went live. So, um, no clue. It, I mean, I felt really <laughs> stupidly powerful when I was playing like three days ago. 
uh, we'll see how that uh, how that changes when I log in later on. Okay, well, I mean, for instance, one is that we fixed an issue where rabies would deal no damage while standing very close to an enemy. That feels like something you'd kind of want to fix. Probably. Uh, yeah. But regardless, yeah, sorcerers are not happy. They're also not happy at the uh, the new unique legendary that they got that is a ring that gives them an ability that teleports them in random directions. A lot of, from what I understand, sorcerers don't like the regular ability and they really don't like the idea of a teleport they can't control. Um, or, you know, just end up anywhere. I mean, what if it embrace, embrace chaos. Come yeah. on. If you're embracing chaos, that is literally porting you into the fire. Sometimes that's, you know, you can see why people get upset, but uh, regardless, Oh, they also, they fixed the health hide firestorms that would hit you when you were in town. Uh, in in Jurandal, if you've done uh, the the invasion in the Dry Steps and you've gotten in Jurandai and you've been getting killed by the Helltide, they fixed that supposedly. Um, they also fixed the thing where if an enemy gets killed and then resurrected by a shaman and then you kill it again, it will drop aberrant cinders again. So if you've been doing that, and we all know who you are, guys, we've seen you. If you've been very deliberately not killing the shamans, so they res people, so they drop more cinders, so you can farm the cinders off of those guys. First off, it's not efficient. Secondly, you can't do it anymore. Yeah. The, the best way to farm cinders in Helltide Zones is to find an event and just idle with that event stop, stop uh, event location and just do events nonstop. There you go. Or to you know, have a giant elite just show up randomly. Oh man, I'll tell you, that's a lot of cinders. But yeah, cinder farming is is rough, but uh, that one, I, we all knew that that one wasn't supposed I mean, to work. One, one thing that's kind of a big nerf to Helltide Zones is that they've increased the number of cinders you need to open the mystery chests. And they used to be 250. It used 250? to be 155. Yeah. And now you need 250. And that's that's a lot of cinders. 175 that's, is a lot of cinders if you don't get there right yeah. at the start. Yeah. Like, um, I remember getting there in, like, 35 minutes to spare, and I just barely got to 175 yeah. in time. So that is that is pretty significant. Um. So, I mean, the Mystery Chest did drop some great gear whenever you got one. And you could get a couple of them per Helltide Zone. If you really worked at it, I bet you could have gotten more than a couple. But, yes, now it's 250 cinders per Mystery Chest. And that's... That's really high. The the efficiency has gone down, I think, significantly here. Yeah, absolutely. That, that I did not see. I was looking at the bug fixes, didn't see that. So yeah, it's, it's a mixed bag. Um, I'm not like upset about it or anything. I'm not like, you know, crying, but I do get why some classes are unhappy. I definitely get why, why sorcerers are unhappy. Although I also, at the same time, I've watched sorcerers do some ridiculous things in this game. Yeah, so. sorcerers seem like unkillable right now. I'm not to them. They apparently think they die every five seconds, but um, everybody well, okay, else is but- like, you pulled 300 guys. What are you doing expect? <laughs> like, you pulled I mean, the entire think, continent. I, I think the way to go with sorcerers up till now has been to you know, stack multiple defensive abilities, and you're just, you just go to town, and you have so much defense. Mm-hmm, and... Mm-hmm. And they, they, uh, those things don't work together anymore. And the multiple, I think it was that they were multiplicative and that mm-hmm. you get one and then you get the next one. I really wish that, uh, that like red was here. Cause they could just throw him on. he go, but you could like have one that multiplies against another. And so instead of just getting 8% reduction, you'd get 8% reduction. Then you'd have one that multiplies that by three. Then you'd have one that like, you know, 
ads on top of it. And you, and you could get very high. Um, I think you could, mm. the other thing is that they had abilities that did crazy high damage when they proc vulnerability. Yeah. Uh, and which they, they have worked. reined that in. They've, they've reined, reined in. that in. Yeah. Uh, Sorcerer said a lot of CC. I believe they've reined that in. So yeah. it's yeah, kind of a lot of different, you know, changes and nerfs hit Sorcerer's particularly hard. And I do think it's a class that can be squishy, but once you start piling on all of these things and combining all these things, they become really, at least up until this point, they've become really powerful and really hard to kill. And I think that's going to be, they aren't going to be quite as uh, sturdy as they have been moving forward. Um, I saw that, I didn't get a chance to put it in the email, but I saw that we now know that the different kinds of malignant hearts. Yes. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, hopefully we'll get, We'll get some more information on that soon. Um, I, I don't. I don't think I'm going to play anything different uh, in season one. I think I'm going to play a barbarian. Uh, the only thing reason I think I'm going to like try to get to level as fast as I can uh, is just because I want to get to the point where I can get the um, the the gifts. What are they called? Gifts? They're not called gifts. The seasons. The seasons blessings. Season blessings. Yeah, uh, yeah I want to get the season the season blessings because you know you get enough of those, you can pick up some you know more experience boost. And I think that that's pretty much going to be a good way to get to 100 because quite frankly, I feel like the game is not really getting to 100 is not easy. Like there's a lot of, you need to play for like an extended period of time to get a level, even if you're doing I, like, you know, a lot of group content. I also feel like getting to 100 isn't even necessary. Like you can, it takes so long to get to 100 and I'm kind of feeling like, okay, what's the point I mean, it's a fun game and I've kept playing, but it's like, okay, what, what is the point of continuing to grind? Well, I have a, I have a Paragon build I want. Yeah, well, true. That's stuff I've been working on. I want to get to 100 and have that build so I can see how far I can push it. Um, There's certain abilities I haven't gotten to get yet that I want. But other than that, there really doesn't feel like there's much difference. And, but with the season coming up soon... I, I've not been really uh, inspired oh, yeah, to keep playing absolutely. my necromancer and to really try and push to level 100. So yeah, absolutely. I've, I've been a little, I haven't been playing Diablo 4 as much this week. I'm going to gonna jump back in on Thursday when season yeah. one launches. Absolutely. I feel much the same way. I've, I hit 85 this weekend and instead of continuing mm-hmm. and just going for 100, I said, okay, this is a decent place to slow down. I'm going to let you just yeah. sit for a couple of days and I'm going to, to, to get ready for another game that has, has an expansion coming out that I'm not going to talk about now because it's not a Blizzard game, <laughs> but I want to get the characters I have for that ready. So that's what I've been doing there. Joe, I think you said something similar about the uh, season, basically meaning you don't feel motivated to play. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm torn, right? Because I really like my druid. I like the character I've built. I like having gone through the story. And maybe I'm feeling like seasons might be a little bit too soon, and that might be blasphemous. I don't know. But also, I feel like some of the decision-making around it where it's like, hey, your regular character can't participate in it. I understand Diablo, blah, 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 blah. Um, But, like, it just kind of took the wind out of my sails because, like, here we're going to have some cool story stuff, and there's going to be cool things to explore. So you're going to need to make a seasonal character. So that character that you've poured yourself into from the release of it, it's just... Yeah, it's not good right now. You're just, what's the point of playing it? There, like it, it feels like it disincentivizes playing anything but seasonal characters a little bit the, to me. One thing I'm starting to think about seasonal characters is yes, there is more story, but 
it sounds like this is going to be a really minor side story. This isn't taking the story anywhere. We're doing this. We're doing a quest with a character we've never met before to unlock these malignant hearts. Liz, I, and I, which, I understand hmm. that. But you got to think of this from the per- point of view of like me and Matt who go on wild tangents for the oh, smallest little thing in a game. <laughs> this is Joe, like Joe this- can make a reference on like something that happened three years ago in World of Warcraft, and we will have forty-five minutes of, of conversation back and forth about <laughs> this. This we, is we this is close to my idea of hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just. I'm just kind of, I've started to feel disappointed at the lack of new content in seasons, at least from how they've described it. It sounds a lot more like a Diablo 3 season than I was expecting. Yeah. It sounds like we're going to do this. It sounds like we're going to do this quest in order to unlock the season theme. And it sounds like that's it. Maybe there's more to it. And maybe there's not. We're just going to meet this guy who knows how to murder malignant monsters and rip out their hearts. And we're going to learn to do that. And then we're going to rip out their hearts and put them in our armor for the rest of the season, which is the thing totally a smart me, idea. Two things that gets me on that one is first off is that there's until you start going to malignant tunnels and man, I'm never going to not fi- feel weird saying that name, <laughs> uh, until you start going to malignant tunnels, you don't get to rip the hearts out and then use them to in your art, your rings or necklace. You have to rip the heart out then use that heart to summon another stronger version of that thing that rip his heart out. And now you can put his heart in your necklace. It's like, it's like wow, this is a lot of like work. You, you, you rip out a weaker heart, which summons an angry monster and you rip out their heart. And then, yeah. I, and, mm-hmm. but I think, I think Liz, you hit it right in the head for me. Like I, I wasn't really thinking about it, but like you made a comment that it feels more like a Diablo three season than you mm-hmm. were thinking. I think that's exactly it. I, Matt will tell you, and we we talked about it on this podcast, and we talked about it on other ones. I didn't really play Diablo three seasons; they were boring to me, right? Like that's that was I hit a point, and I was just like, okay, it's the same thing over and over again. I'm I'm good, and I don't want that to happen with Diablo (laughs) four. Yeah, some of the season themes in Diablo three could be really interesting and fun to play around, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you that they eventually got a little tedious or you would play through part of the season and hit your goals whatever unlock the pets things like that and then it's kind of got mm, okay this is getting old i'm a little tired of this and you move I, on i hear what you guys are saying but but i gotta i gotta just counter it with with just two words double goblin <laughs> i mean i'm sorry the the sheer like adrenaline surge i get when i hear my wife go treasure goblins and we turn and there's two <laughs> treasure goblins and it's like, <gasps> and then you start chasing them through everything. And then when, if you actually kill them, the dopamine rush is significant. It's like, ah, yes. And if they get away, your heart turns black as coal and you become death itself to everything that made you delayed. So you couldn't hit that treasure goblin in time to keep it from going through a portal. But I do accept what you're saying is, is got merit. I mean, um, but I, I just, I just got to say again, two, there's two of them, two. <laughs> I'm going to jump in and play the season and I'm going to roll a new character and it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. I think Diablo 4 is a great game. I enjoy going oh, in yeah, and playing absolutely. here and customizing my character and I'm just going to do it in a season now. But I I am a little worried that we aren't going to get much out of it story-wise and the story in Diablo 4 has been a real standout. But now it looks like we're getting some new side quests in season and uh 
we're only yeah. getting big story quests in expansions. I mean, I totally agree that that is what it looked like. Um, I'm mm -hmm. kind of hoping that we're wrong. One of the things I keep thinking about is that time in Diablo 3 where they just added in an extended quest line <laughs> in a weird old tomb where this evil guy is like trying to create a blood cult and you go in and it turns out that the person who you're helping was clearly a demon the whole time because of course they were it's 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 sanctuary if that if you help somebody and they're not a demon it's probably not you know it's not a day ending and why but regardless I, I they just dropped that it was just there and i remember that i actually kind of liked it um, quite frankly, I, I I thought it was a really nice little story beat. And then they had the other story beat, which was, hey, also you can go to this island, and it turns out the island is a living thing and it hungers for human flesh. Uh, you know, <laughs> so have you know, there's more content. But they just threw them at you. It's like a, it was like literally like drive-by content. It wasn't even in a DLC or a like it wasn't even in like the here's the necromancer thing. No, it was just oh, hey, uh, we got this stuff here. Thanks. Cool. Later. Okay, and that was it. I'm, I was kind of hoping we'll get more of that kind of thing in seasons. I really am. Uh, right now, though, I gotta agree, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of story here. Although it does sound like more than just one quest, and boom, you're good to go. It feels like there's a, at least like a, a quest chain. Yeah. And that's you know I, better than nothing. But it does definitely. I was hoping for more. I will be upfront. Yeah, I mean, at best, this is just this is like a little side quest. Yeah. With with a new character and it doesn't sound like it's tied into anything. So, hmm. And quite frankly, his name is Cormond. And that annoys me. It's very hard <laughs> for me to remember Cormond. Cormond? Quite Cormac or something. Cormond? And also, where is Cormac? Sorry. I mean, it's, it's, it's been 50 years. So, yeah, if, and as, uh, still alive. And as Red has pointed out in chat, they confirmed in interviews that the school was content and other stuff was supposed to be in the second expansion, which they canceled. They've canceled the second expansion already? According to, according to Red. Which is news to me. Do you mean Diablo unless, 3? unless he's talking about Diablo 3. I think he's talking about Diablo 3. I remember that. I think I remember that. Yeah, I don't think they've canceled anything in Diablo 4 yet. Uh, and they have said they are actively working on two expansions. Yeah, 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 yeah D3. Okay. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Uh, but at this point, I think we've probably and talked of course, about that. Oh, go ahead. Uh, Scovo's got a mention in the Book of Lorath as... Uh, a place that he tried to visit and could not. He was run off by uh, Ashkari ships. Ashkari? Am I saying that right? Yeah, I think so. Um, and uh, that a delegation of Haradrim went there and were never seen again. So it sounds like there's definitely a story hook over there that we will get around to at some point. Please don't make some new references. It's not funny anymore. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, I don't like that joke anymore. No one cares. Uh, but I think that at this point we should move on and talk about some of these questions we got sent because we actually have some time to talk about them. Um, and we've covered most of what we were going to talk about. I think I don't see anything new here. We talked about Hearthstone. We talked, yeah. So yeah, we're pretty much ready to go. So, um, if you guys have questions for the show, uh, you can send them to either our email address, uh, podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzard watch. We know it's for this show. Um, I actually skipped on a story, a question this week that I had either for either podcast. I actually said, Nope, this is more of a lore watch one. So, you know, that's, that's a good sign when I feel safe to do that. Um, but if you want to ask us a question, you don't want to email it to us for whatever reason, you can use our Discord. We've got two channels set aside for that. We're first, for non-patrons, because, you know, we understand not everybody can be a patron and we still, you know, like having you all around. You can just go to our uh, Q and Podcast Questions channel, which is for everybody, and you can ask a question in there. 
or you can go to our patron Q and podcast questions channel if you are a patron, uh, because we like to look there first. We like to know where those questions are so that we can, you know, get them in because you guys help pay to keep the lights on for this whole enterprise we're in. And yeah, that's, that's what we like to do. So we got four here. I'm just going to read the questions and then I'm going to try to be quiet and let these two talk because quite frankly, uh, I bit my lip just now and it really hurts. And there's blood, a surprising amount of blood on my hands. So yeah, um, Jack Jack, question for Blizzard Watch. With the addition of augmentation and the potential opening up of a new role, what class do you think should be should uh, get a support spec? Bonus question. How would you adapt classic DPS-only classes, mage slash warlock slash rogue slash hunter, to, to fill a support spec? Um, Liz. I mean, my answer is paladins. My answer when we're talking about classes is usually paladins. But I think, you know, paladins are a massive collection of utility-focused buffs already. And you could, uh, you know, faction some of that off, divide some of that off, and uh, add more. Buff what we've got through a different spec tree and do a spec that is entirely about buffs. And if we're talking about DPS specs, you could say, look at rogues. They could apply different kinds of poisons or lay down traps for mobs that gave them debuffs or buffed damage. Warlocks used to be huge on cursing things. In fact, back in vanilla, the reason you would bring a warlock to the raid was because they could apply a curse and buff mages damage. So you could go to town on that and make a warlock spec that was built around applying curses, debuffing enemies, and increasing the group's power, increasing their own power in that way, instead of focusing on just, okay, you do damage, you do damage, you do damage. So I think there's there's a path there for any spec, and I think it would be really interesting. But of course, right now, there's some debate already about augmentation, because in-game damage meters do not fully show their contribution and so you get groups that are like wow augmentation your dps is too low kick so uh there's kind of a question about how support specs will fit into the game and if they are going to be accepted by the average player because you look at the damage meters and they just aren't helping out or at least that's what it looks like if all you judge is that damage meter yeah i mean liz kind of hit the nail on the head is it can really fit anything you really want um, you know, mages being arcane masters or, or whatever the case is could very easily, you know, have an augmentation type spec where it's debuffing the target or infusing arcane power into allies in much the same way that an, uh, the augmentation evokers are, uh, whether it's like maybe they'll increase nature damage or maybe they'll increase physical damage or whatever the case is, uh, you can see priests kind of were the OG ones of WoW doing that with power infusion. Gonna point that out. Um, rogues could be doing that as well by like applying like weakness points or like things that sort of again debuff the the target. It's hunters could do much the same thing. That's supposed to be their whole bag, right? Like they're supposed to be able to to hunt, find and and combat anything. You could make it work for any of the classes. It's just a question of how many of them do you want to do that with? Now, I do think that it would be fun for the pure DPS classes to have something like that that offers them a little bit of a different gameplay experience because unlike hybrid classes, uh, you know, where you can swap your roles, uh, you kind of get stuck doing the same thing, just 
you know, different ways. Like a mage is a perfect example. Do I want to throw magic at it? Do I want to throw fire at it? Do I want to throw ice at it? Uh, warlocks, do I want to throw green fire at it? Do I want to throw a demon at it? Do I want to throw myself at it if I pretended I was a demon? Oh, wait, that's gone away now. That's demon hunters. Sorry. Uh, um, yeah, don't don't <laughs> mention that. Sore spot, sore spot. Just maybe edit that out because... <laughs> nope, mm, leaving it in. Dangerous. Uh, warlock, dangerous. A warlock mob is going to show up at your door. <laughs> Liz, it's called fishing for engagement. Thank you. <laughs> um, fishing for engagement. Like hunters, the same thing. Like they, they, it's all very samey. And like this is part of the reason, and I'll bring this up because I think it's it's relevant here. It's part of the reason why I really enjoyed survival's rework into a melee spec for hunters because even though it was a DPS thing, it was different. It felt mm-hmm. different. It felt going back to like those stupid builds we used to do in Vanilla WoW with with hunters when we used to do the mongoose spec and things like that. Like it felt like there was new life in the class because of it. And I think some people would maybe potentially feel that way. Now, of course, some people are don't don't touch my specs. Don't get rid of any of them. And maybe instead of getting rid of them, they add another one. I don't know. Uh, probably would be an absolute nightmare to do so. But yeah, I, I think anything could work. And okay. I mean, they have to figure out if they can even balance augmentation to work because well, the thing is, is I, that it, with that, it's not that augmentation doesn't work. It's that nobody seems to understand what it does. Like people are like, you know, your DPS sucks and kick you. I mean, I'm not supposed to be doing a lot of DPS. You are because I'm here. The DPS that I don't do is offset by the DPS you do because I'm here. Mm -hmm. And the problem is getting that across to the player base. Like a lot of players are kind of tunnel vision on that. And it's, it's not like we haven't had other things in game that did that before. Like, uh, back when Sunder Armor was a thing, Sunder Armor, as the tank sundered the armor on the thing he was tanking, everyone's damage would go up, at least everybody who did physical damage. So like hunters, rogues, other melee, they would be doing more damage because the thing's armor was dropping. And that's a that's not DPS, but it is increasing the DPS of the group around you. Um, or like Thunderclap. I'm using warrior examples because come on, guys. Um <laughs> But with Thunderclap, would slow down the enemy's attack speed. If you're fighting a boss, if he hits you twice instead of three times, that's that makes healing easier. It isn't healing, but it makes healing easier. And I think that that is an idea that is it's slow for the Warcraft community to grasp. Not because they're not capable of grasping it, but because they're just not thinking in that paradigm. In order for anything like the augmentation or augmentation evoker or other support specs in order for them to work and be embraced by the group, by the players, they have to stop thinking of everything in terms of like damage or healing as this like duality of what everything is. There can be a spec that doesn't do direct damage or healing as much as it does mitigation and, and debuffing. Like you're talking about warlocks, Warlocks didn't just make it so mages could do more damage. Warlocks could put a curse on things that kept them from doing spells. Yeah, Curse of Tongues was amazing. Yeah, like it would it would straight up prevent them from damaging the group. And that's not healing, but it will keep your group alive just as well as healing can. And you don't have to do it as much. One, if you can interrupt an enemy's attack on the group for like four seconds. That can be a big four difference. four seconds where no one's taking mm-hmm. damage. And with no one's taking damage, you don't have to use mana or 
you know, whatever. What is it with Paladins? Uh, I want to say combo points, but it's Holy Power. Yeah, Holy Power. It's Holy Power. But yeah. now all of our heal, all of our Holy Power stuff also costs mana, and it's just, yeah. okay, everything costs why, mana now. Why do we still have Holy Power then? Yeah. Mm, it's, yeah. Well. I get you. So but, it is. So it is. But regardless, I, I do think that if I were going to do one of these, um, quite frankly, I would I would pick Rogues to do. And, and I would do rogues because I feel like rogues are the class that no one is ever going to feel secure kicking them. Uh, but at the same time, rogue, I do know rogues get kicked all the time. So I can't think of a DPS class that doesn't have to deal with that. Uh, and so I can't really think of a DPS class that I would feel safe giving a spec that wasn't DPS. Especially with, when it's an augment augmentation style thing where it's a buff debuff. Like if Warlock's got a tanking spec... People would know the warlock was tanking, so they wouldn't necessarily care if his DPS wasn't super high. Mm. Um, if if mages got a healing spec, people know what healing is. But if you gave mages an, an, a, a buff debuff spec, and you could do some amazing stuff with mages, like time manipulation to cause mm -hmm. like everyone's you know I don't heal you, but all your heals work faster now. Like uh, you get you get hit with a heal over time, it just heals you up faster now. Imagine if mages had an aura that was just doing that. Like every time you got hit with a heal over time, imagine how much druids would love them. And shaman, anybody with a heal over time would be like, oh, please, please put me in the group with a mage, please. <laughs> you know, there's so many different ways you could do this that aren't going to come across on the meters. And mm -hmm. partially, maybe we just need the meters to be better, but maybe we don't need meters. Yeah. I've been saying that for a while. Like, I'm on the, the get rid of meters thing, but yeah, that's a whole other thing. I, yeah. Go ahead, Liz. I mean, I think meters are, they're an important part of the game in order to evaluate how you're performing and think about how you can do better. You can look at the skills you're using and think about, oh, maybe I'm not using this efficiently. Oh, maybe I'm not getting a lot of use out of this talent. Ever since the Holy Paladin rework went live, I've been playing with different yeah, different talents, different little buffs I can make to this or that. And then I look at the logs to evaluate, okay, how much healing did I get out of this? How much healing did I get out of that? Could I get more healing if I do something different? Could I get more healing if I play differently? So I think logs can be really valuable. Logs, yes. It, but I mean, a damage meter is part of that equation. And, but does you know, it have that to damage. Be? I, so I think mean, I that's would say the whole having, having the ability to like look at, at your DPS after the fact mm -hmm. and examine it like in a log. Sure, yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Having somebody pop it in the middle of a of a group <laughs> to like you know shame someone or tell someone, oh yeah, you should you know go 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 do something else. Get good. good yeah. Get good. That's not useful. Yeah, I feel like I agree. that's not helpful to me or to anyone else. Uh, right. So I definitely but get what you're saying and I don't disagree with it. I just think that maybe damage meters themselves could be relegated to something you look at after the, you know, like, they don't have to be on add-ons in the game. The game doesn't necessarily have to have an API that lets a damage meter work or possibly just doesn't let damage the, meters be brought up. I don't yeah, know. the problem with that, though, is, that, and, and to Liz's point, is they'll never go away, and it's because it's part of a core game. Ever since day one, combat log has been a thing. There's always been, uh, for at least as long as I can remember, maybe not in, like, 1.0, but, like, maybe, like, 1.2 or something like that. I'm pretty sure it was in 1.0. Um, uh, but, like, there was a tab that literally showed you everything that happened to your character. 
Um, yeah. Like, it's always existed. It's always been part of the base game, and I understand blocking that would fundamentally ruin things. I just wish we could encourage people to focus less on it in the moment. I, mean, I feel like this is a community problem yeah. because... And, oh, sure. Instead of, you know, looking at logs and evaluating, oh, well, you know, evaluating your performance... You're just looking at like this one base number, which is part of a much bigger picture. And you're saying, oh, this number isn't high enough. Kick. Yeah. But I think like we've wandered far enough away from the initial question (laughs) that we should move on to the next question. Uh, So here comes one from Vertigree. Leveling up a monk. There's for sure a Venn diagram overlap with Shaman invoking the Celestials and Elementals charging yourself in a way that reminds me of Hunters overlapping with Druids using a little of their magic. What future class operating on the same principle would be cool, do you think? Uh, sincerely, Vertigree. Uh, Joe? Hmm. I, I don't know. Sorry, I'm, like, I'm thinking about this. This is a good question. Um... The thing that we've sort of learning, if you want to go like the story route way of things over the last several expansions is everything comes from the same source anyway. So you can kind of make almost all of it work. Um, Like you mentioned, like Druids and Hunters overlapping. Um, There used to be a way, way, way back when, and this is like uh, Burning Crusade era. There was this dream hero class that people were were sort of like dreaming up on the forums and uh, on those community websites that had, you know, chats and PHP boards and stuff like that. You know, the stuff us old people do. Um, (laughs) And there was this thing of combining shaman and druid because they do come from very similar roots. Uh, There's a lot of overlap there as well. And it was called the Stormcaller. Uh, it was this hybridization of the shaman having not only just a fundamental understanding of the elements, but then combining that with the druid's knowledge of nature and being a- nature and being able to call upon, you know, those elements as well because they are elements and they have sentience to them as well, and being able to do things like call forth massive storms by getting them to work together, or lightning strikes out of nowhere, not just throwing a lightning bolt, but like full-on calling lightning from the sky down into an area to rain uh, upon the enemies or calling, you know, the soothing waves of like verdant green lush life to, to bound forward and heal their allies or all I can whatever think of things. when Joe's talking about that was like the call lightning is a fifth level spell whereas yeah. lightning bolts only a third level spell. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the part of it in the you it's funny because part of it is born from the idea of hybridization and multi-classing in D and D but like that's one that really comes to mind is like you could do a druid shaman hybrid. There is enough of an overlap there, and there's enough of a story connection that you could easily do that. Liz, um, I mean, there are still classes already that do this. I mean, just like you said, I mean, paladin and priest. There is so much overlap there that during Legion you actually saw a priest go from being a priest to like, hey, I'm gonna be a paladin now. So you can find this you can find this sort of overlap everywhere. I mean it's more that the mechanically the game doesn't make use of it. Like you could go in and make story reasons for these things, but like mechanically there's no overlap. Yeah, that's fair. Uh for me I keep thinking about the fact that Warcraft only has one Gish class. Um and Gish is basically um 
D&D, old dime D&D speak for somebody who can stab you or throw, like, you know, magic <laughs> at you. Blade uh, Singers. And yeah, and really the only one that, that this game has uh, is Paladins, with Death Knights kind of somewhere towards it, depending on what kind of Death Knight oh, you are. Could you imagine, like, Hex Knights? Ooh. I was actually thinking, like, one of the things you could actually do is have a class come in that is basically like, yeah, I went to mage school for a while, but I got tired of it, so I started stabbing people. By the way, look what I can do with my sword. Here, isn't this lightning cool? Yeah, like, you could totally create a, a for lack of a better word, a blade singer type uh, mage slash warrior. You could have somebody who's like, yes, I know some spells, but I, di- you know, I'm so swole from all the book reading because apparently, <laughs> you know, wow, wizards are just, you know, jacked. Wow, mages, huge, well, huge, muscly you, bodies. You gotta go, you gotta pick up those heavy I books. I was gonna say, those oh, books are so, heavy, yo. <laughs> because of that, because the books are so ridiculously heavy, he got swole, and he's like, no, I want to stab people, too. And, like, because right now, mages can have swords, and what do they do with the sword? Wave it around. Like, eventually... You could walk up and stab people with that thing. It's got a point and an edge and everything. Yes, let's let's bring on Bronan the Barbarian. I'm here for yeah. it. Or Bronan the Bro- Librarian. I'm here for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I there's that is something that I would think would be kind of cool. And you could basically do it with any of the casting classes. Well, let's not forget that Paladin is already that. And Paladin is already that for priests. Yep. But sure is. imagine a warlock warrior. Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Which is kind of what a Death Knight is, but kind of not. Because it's not like the the demon hunter is turning hell's power against itself, not just using hell's power on everybody. Um, whereas I feel like you could do that. You could have that kind of thing. You could have a somebody using druidic magic. You could have a shaman who finally realizes, hey, I can actually use a sword. Imagine a shaman spec that can just can stab people with swords. Give There's it to no me. Just give me the fight. ability to transmog into swords, please, Blizzard. I'm begging you. I will forgive one thing if you give me swords. <laughs> To be named later. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like there's a lot of room for, like, imagine the Spellbreaker. Yeah, the, 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 the hero class. Yeah, we were talking yeah. about that before. Like, that was, I think, teased at one point around the, 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 I forgot what panel it was. But one of the BlizzCons, they talked about it, that they, that was a possibility of one of the hero classes. Yeah, they were talking about Spellbreakers. They were talking about Rune, uh, rune Thanes, I want to say. Rune Thanes, uh, yep. The, uh, the, the, the weird priesty mages of uh, yeah, the wild exactly. hammers. So there was, there's a lot of possibilities in terms of like just in world Warcraft lore. And there's also lots of possibilities in terms of like the idea of, you know, you take a little from here and you take a little from there. I think that's just part of fantasy stuff from fantasy gaming for the past 50 years has been built around this idea just because of Dungeons and Dragons. We'll just be upfront. We'll just admit it. It's because of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, the world the term gish comes from the gith. So, yeah. Hmm. Uh, you were saying, Liz? Uh, part of the problem with kind of these overlap spaces is that we have seen... Uh, see, now I'm I'm going to go into this. We have seen classes getting stuff removed so you can make a hybrid class out of them as when demon hunters stole metamorphosis from warlocks, which warlocks are still extremely I'm, bitter about. I'm yeah, just going to go on a limb here and say that if warlocks got the ability to summon a cool demonic weapon to hit people with in, in place of it, I don't think they would have cared as much. 
Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't get anything cool. What if we had hybrid classes like this that filled this kind of liminal space between classes, but also shared some abilities of each class, so you could make something new without taking away the flavor of these other core classes? I'll say up front that I don't think Demon Hunters should have taken Metamorphosis. They should have gotten mm. a different version of Metamorphosis. Yeah. For that matter, it's- imagine if Warlock Metamorphosis turned you into like you know a giant demon slug. <laughs> or, or you could only turn into a demons that you had on you. Hmm. Like, you know, I have an imp, so I will be turning into an imp. Uh, you know, I was thinking about that because you were talking about that. And, and I, I always remember this. One of the seminal mage abilities nowadays, uh, I think they got it in BC, is Mirror Image. Mirror Image is a warrior ability. It's a Blade Master ability. Blade Masters had Mirror Image. Yep, that's true. Made, spellcasters didn't have Mirror Image. Yep. That was an Orc Blade Master, and they just <laughs> gave it to mages. That should not have happened, but imagine if now... I'm going to blame Alliance a, Bias there. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, I don't see how that went. You know, it wasn't a given... You know. Anyway, but imagine if you now gave Warriors Blade Master abilities. You gave them a version of Mirror Image, but it's a different Mirror Image. It's a different... It doesn't even have to be called Mirror Image, but it's, you know, the same way that it was in, in the original well, Warcraft games. Like, Monks there's, have there's something ways. like that, too, with the Stormwind and Fire, right? Yeah. Um, for that matter, I mean, the, the point Liz made about that, if if both classes could have had it, I think that's something to really think about. Like, with Paladins and Priests, like, Paladins and Priests do a lot of the same stuff, and in in Priests even have bubbles. War, uh, as Red is pointing out in uh, chat, Wardens are another great example of that with uh, having things like Mage Blink and Fan of Knives from Rogues and, and items yeah. like that as well. Absolutely. And the fact that that's not playable in the game is kind of annoying. So, yeah. But um, I think we've kind of, we have used up the show, uh, unfortunately. We're four minutes over. So I'm going to turn to Joe expectantly. And 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 kind of like like have big 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 anime eyes and possibly a slowly wagging tail. Back to the dogs. See, full circle. We're bookending. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at Patreon.com/slash/BlizzardWatch. Your continued support means that this podcast lighting community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance of having your question answered on our podcast with a queue, and an ads-free site experience. I want you to now imagine me having the zoomies because that's what's happening in my heart. I have the zoomies. Uh, but again, if you have a question for the podcast guys, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com subject line podcast of blizzard watch, or go to our discord server. We have the Q and podcast questions channel for non-patrons and the patron Q and podcast questions channel. You can ask your questions there as well. Uh, you can try other methods as well. Um, you can like try to get me on social media, but I'll be upfront. I don't look at social media much anymore because of you know the late unpleasantness so i would suggest sticking with those channels because they are the most likely to get to us uh but thank you guys so much for being here with us uh thank you to liz and joe uh both for being here so that it's not just me talking for an hour because trust me you you don't want that i would get some weird stuff coming um go listen to the pre-show if you don't believe me there's some weird stuff in this pre-show. (laughs) little bit but always every week Thank you to Joe and Liz. Thank you to all of you. Thank you for being here. And we will be back next week. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.